The Israel-Palestine war has been raging on for a little over a month now and has no plans of slowing down. We as adults often have a hard time making sense of the conflict and the extent of suffering we are witnessing on our screens. But what about our students? This week on Legendary Educator, how to discuss the Israel-Palestine war in our classroom. I'm recording this episode on the 18th of November. As of today, there are two wars going on in the world. The war in the Ukraine and the Israel-Gaza war in the Middle East. Since the start of the Ukraine war back in February 2022, more than a quarter of a million people have lost their lives on both sides. And since the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th, 2023, in a little under two months, an estimated total of 14,000 people have lost their lives. Men, women, children, soldiers, and civilians on both sides of the conflict. Not to mention the injured, the missing, the displaced, and the hostages. When you add those numbers up, you get a pretty significant figure of human suffering that is currently going on. But the Israel-Palestine war seems to have a different feel than the Ukraine war. Although both are clearly tragic current events, the war between Russia and the Ukraine was between two countries with two national identities. And because of this, the majority of the world watched from a distance, usually taking the side of the oppressed underdog and sending them their thoughts and prayers. But the Middle East conflict is and has always been different as it is not just a conflict between two countries and national identities, but rather resembles more of a conflict between two cultures, the Israeli Jews and the Muslim Arabs. This is what makes the conflict more personal for a wider number of people. Jews around the world will usually identify with and take the side of Israel, while Arabs and or Muslims will usually identify and take the side of the Palestinians. This has resulted in the current conflict between Israel and the Palestinians in Gaza to be at the forefront of everyone's mind. In other words, the war in the Middle East is pretty hard to miss. It's on all social media channels, on every news outlet, and even if you don't partake in social media or watch the news, you'll bump into protests here and there, or overhear somebody discussing the conflict. You can't escape it. You know who else can't escape it? Children. And while adults may have the filter, education, and world experience to be able to make sense of what's going on, although to be completely honest, I've heard many people discuss the situation and they don't have a clue what's going on, but children have not yet developed their senses to be able to confidently discuss this topic. On last week's episode of Legendary Educator, my guest, Dr. E. Scott England, Assistant Professor of Education Leadership, said but i do think that um you have to have these these ongoing conversations if we if we don't give an opportunity to have conversations within the classroom then we could have uncontrolled conversations debates and everything else on the playgrounds right you know and if we don't give them the opportunity to have that platform within Mm. our classroom where it's controlled and we can um you know really kind of moderate then then we're really setting the stage for an unmoderated, uh, you know, outside of our classrooms. And I will add, 
if you don't partake in these conversations in your classroom, then you have an elephant in the room that is, by now, quite large and hard to miss. And I know, I understand, most of us aren't political scientists and don't really have a grasp on the situations ourselves. And some of us may be uncomfortable talking about it and hoping the other teacher next door or across the hall will be brave enough to discuss it. But again, as Dr. England said last week, like, you know, if you're not comfortable because of, you know, your background, your, you know, and what your culture is and teaching it, then you need to be able to, you know, go out, find the resources yourself, Hmm. but you can't deprive students because you're not comfortable with it. Or Even if you're uncomfortable with certain topics, it's not right to deprive students of the knowledge and experience of discussing it. I mean, who better for students to discuss with than their teacher, their role model, their mentor? And if you don't know what to do, go and find some resources that can help you out. So all this being said, I wanted to help you out and give you my five tips on how to discuss the Israel-Palestinian conflict in your classroom. This is nowhere close to being a complete list. I'm sure many teachers out there have different and successful approaches to discussing this topic, but hopefully this will help give you a little boost in confidence to open up discussions and be able to answer some of your students' questions. Because God knows how confused they're feeling, and they need to talk about and make sense of what they're seeing and hearing. Number one is a no-brainer. Don't take sides. As hard as this may be, and no matter your personal affiliations, a teacher must always remain neutral. It's easy to point the finger to one side or the other and say they're so-and-sos for doing this and that. But the bottom line is war is always bad. There are no winners in war, and violence is never the answer. Too many people are paying a heavy price, whether or not they're actually willing to go to war. And the loss of human life is never an answer. That should always remain your stance and your focal point. And there's two main reasons for staying neutral in this conversation. First, in a globalized world that is increasingly multicultural, especially in the United States and in Canada and some European countries, there will inevitably be a mix of students in your class. You'll probably have students from either Jewish heritage or Arab origins in your classroom, or at least students who have already come to some conclusion, either because of their ethnic background, their personal affiliations, their Jewish best friend, or their Arab neighbors. Regardless of the specifics, you'll probably have students who already subscribe to one side or the other. So, you don't want to be the teacher who takes a side, at least not in the classroom. You'll create a war for yourself with your students who subscribe to the opposing side, and that's a can of worms you do not want to open. And the second reason for staying neutral in the classroom is that the point of any classroom discussion is to have organic, teachable moments with your students. I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it, our job isn't just to teach the ABCs, 1-2-3s, or to bees or not to bees. As one of my mentors, and my very first guest on the podcast, Mrs. Isabel Simon, always says, we are responsible for creating competent and successful citizens of society. This means that we are responsible for teaching our students how to think, how to evaluate, how to discuss, how to listen to opposing viewpoints, and, ultimately, how to come up with peaceful solutions to conflict. We've witnessed our mistakes and the mistakes of our fathers. 
Now is our chance to guide the next generation out of the potholes that we always seem to fall into. Our students are the future leaders of our communities and our nations, as cliche as that sounds. But it's true. Our classroom discussions will plant the seeds that they will later grow and sow, and that will lead them to making the good choices and decisions we wish our current leaders would make. That's all up to you, but no pressure. Number two, take a bigger picture approach to the conflict. For this, you might have to educate yourself and do a little research. War doesn't pop up overnight. There's always lots of history and background that swells up and explodes into conflict. So know the story, both sides of the story, and be ready to answer the questions. A war is between two or more parties who believe in their cause and believe that they are in the right. So understand the cause and why they believe they are in the right. Number three, have a traditional presentation where the students in groups research and present the conflict from different perspectives. For example, one group will research the Palestinian history, origins, and how they ended up in the current conflict. Likewise, another group will research the history and the origin of the State of Israel, when and how it was created, and the series of events that has led to the current conflict. Having the presentations of both sides will widen the scope of the students, where they'll be able to see the bigger picture from both sides of the fence. Number four, have a class debate. That's always fun. But you're going to have to be super careful and calculated with this approach. What I would do is split your class into two. But instead of giving them the actual circumstances and the real sides, you'll have to create a new hypothetical environment that matches the current conditions. So, instead of saying, okay, this side is Israel, and this side is Palestine, and go. You'll want to create two new hypothetical entities. And hey, here you can be creative. For example, take a Star Wars approach. This side is the Galactic Republic, and this side is the Empire. Or put the conflict in space. You guys are Mars, you guys are Venus. Or just create two imaginary countries. Then you'll need to prepare the circumstances and background that you will give your students to study, discuss, and come up with their debate points. Then when the students are ready and prepped, have the debate and see what conclusions the students reach. This is a great exercise to teach them how to discuss, debate, and resolve conflicts peacefully using words and not with violence. And number five, bring in guest speakers to talk to your students. Again, you'll have to be careful who you bring into your classroom because you don't want a one-sided discussion. But maybe bring a war veteran who can tell some stories about their experiences and how tragic and senseless wars really are. Maybe bring in a news anchor to talk about how they learn about the information and the updates going on over there. Again, always keeping in mind your ultimate future goal of the next generation avoiding war and learning to resolve conflicts peacefully. So as difficult as it is to discuss this topic with your students because of the highly sensitive nature of it, the fact remains that it is still happening. There is no avoiding it and there is no escaping it. As the teacher, you won't be able to escape your students asking you questions to try to make sense of it. Whether or not you actually want to discuss it, you won't be able to avoid it. So the best thing you can do is be prepared. Educate yourself. Have a game plan. And instead of allowing the students to come up to you and ask you questions while you're not ready, 
you should tackle this head on and take control of the conversation. If you don't have these conversations in your classroom, your students will inevitably have them in the playground or in the school cafeteria. Personally, I prefer being able to moderate and guide my students in discussion instead of letting it loose in the playground without supervision. These are just some of the points that came to my mind, but they are absolutely not a complete list. If you have other ideas or have done something different in your classroom, please share them in the comments and let's continue this conversation. God knows a lot of teachers out there need the advice on how to tackle the Israel-Gaza war in their classrooms. Thank you.